Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I was just telling this story to the control room before we started rolling, and in the middle they were like, well, we should roll on this, so you guys get to hear this story too. I had a bit of a confrontation today with a local school board candidate. It was election day in our town, and there's not much on the ballot because it's a mid-season election, but there is a hot button or a sort of hot topic school board race. Maybe all school board races are, are hot button right now because one of the candidates supports transing kids and having trans ideology taught to children in the classroom, and the other candidate does not. So oftentimes in our town, outside of the polling place, the candidates stand outside and greet voters and introduce themselves to voters. It's a fairly awkward setup, but I also kind of appreciate it because this is not the first year that I've stopped and talked to the candidates who were hoping to get my vote. This year, I knew exactly who the candidates were and what they stood for. And I had discussed, I had mentioned to my husband that if this woman who, I'm just going to call her the groomer candidate, if the groomer candidate was outside that I was just going to ask her a a couple of pointed questions. So I'm carrying my two-year-old daughter. We walk into the polling place or right outside of it. And sure enough, even though it's raining, she's standing outside And, um, you know, they always make this kind of awkward eye contact with you when you're walking up because they want you to stop and talk to them, but they're not quite bold enough to actually, like, interrupt you walking in. So I just made eye contact back with her because I wanted to talk to her. And she was like, hey, thanks for coming today. So I walked up to her and I was like, yeah, my pleasure. Um, I'm Liz. Are you running for a position today? I knew who she was, but I wanted her to introduce herself. (laughs) So she introduced herself and I said that said she was running for school board. And I said, "Okay, why are you running for school board? And she said, well, I want to I wanna support all kids here. I want to make sure that our school system is a good place for all children and super vague nonsense, right? Obviously, just a, a talking point that if she has a consultant, sometimes school board members do, sometimes it's too local. Obviously, a consultant structured type of vague answer. And I was like, oh, okay, um, question for you. Do you support biological males playing on female sports teams? And she looked a little bit taken back. She was like, oh, uh, um, biological males, so you mean uh, uh, trans transgender, and then you could tell she kind of caught herself because she didn't mean to say biological male and uh, transgender in the same sentence. She goes, "Oh well, I support I support students playing on the sports team that that corresponds with their with their gender identity." And I was like, "Oh, okay, interesting." And I said, "Well, you said that you were running for school board to represent children in your district, but a new Gallup poll came out yesterday or came out this week." that said that 69% of Americans, including a plurality of Democrats, do not want transgender athletes to play on female sports teams. They want uh, transgender athletes to play on the sports team that corresponds with their biological sex. So if you're here to represent people, but the majority of people disagree with you, who are you representing? And she goes, well, well, I want to represent these kids. She kind of like takes a couple steps back from me, like puts her hands in her pockets, her eyes dilate a little bit. And she goes, well, you're being a little argumentative. And I was like, I pointed to my daughter my two-year-old daughter, she's this like tiny little girl. And I'm like, do you think that my daughter should be taught in a classroom that she can be a boy if she wants to be a boy? And she goes, well, 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 kind of like stutters. And then goes, well, I, I think if she thinks that, if she, if she, if that's what she believes, then I think that we should, we should, you know, be supportive of that. And it was, it was honestly, it was one of those moments that was kind of obvious to everyone around that her position was ridiculous, right? That her position was just totally bananas, completely bananas. And I was like, how many, se- how many genders do you think that there are? 
And she goes, well, it, it genders on a spectrum. I'm like, sure, but like, how many though? How many? And she's like, well, there's, there's any number depending on how people identify. And I was like, well, what's the basis of that? If there's no, if there's no biological markers for that, no DNA markers for that, what's, what's, the, what's the basis of it? And she's like, well, the basis is, is if, they, if they feel a certain way. Um, and I was like, so it's not based on science. If it's not based on science, is, it based, is, is your stance based on ideology? And she goes, well, it's not science. And I was like, I know it's not science, but is your stance based on ideology? And she goes, no, it's not ideology. I was like, then what is it? What is it? So she circles back to the poll that I had mentioned. She goes, by the way, there are other polls that show that people support this. And I was just like, oh, what polls? And she goes, well, I'd have to go get them. And I'm like, okay, get them. And of course she didn't. So then she tells me again that I'm being argumentative. And I was saying to my husband after we walked out of there, I was like, well, yes, I suppose technically it was argumentative. I don't think it was confrontational per se, but yes, it was argumentative, but of course it's argumentative. This is about like right and wrong. This is about morality and reality in our society as it's being indoctrinated to our children. Of course it is, it, it, it begets an argument. You think the Continental Congress in 1775 when they were debating independence, you think they weren't having arguments? Of course it was argumentative, but... Um, to her, that is how she vilified me and demonized me. Um, of course, we will not be sending our child to that school district. Obviously, that was never a question. But the funny thing that she did say to me is in the middle of this to try to end the conversation, she said, I don't think I'm the candidate for you. I don't think I'm the candidate for you. And I said, well, yes, but I think that you are going to win this race because she is polling shows. I was like, I think you're going to win this race. So I, you know, I, I, you'll be representing me even if I don't want you to. So are you going to represent people that, that there's 69% of people that believe that males shouldn't play on women's sports teams. And, you know, her answer, of course, was essentially no. Uh, the funniest part of the story is I went in, I voted, I walked around the building and came back out and she was gone. She was nowhere to be found. Uh, I said to my husband, I was like, well, kind of feel bad for the poor woman. She just thought she was going to have a normal day, but uh, no such thing. So I thought you guys would enjoy that. I thought you would enjoy it. It's like kind of a real life trans debate that happened. It was enjoyable. I'm not going to lie, but also incredibly sad. Because I'm fortunate enough, I'm going to homeschool my daughter. My husband and I are going to homeschool our daughter. And she's lucky not to, be, not to be subject to that kind of indoctrination. But so many kids are. So many public school children are going to be told that they can, that they can be a boy if they want to be a boy. And that there's 127 genders. And it's really, really awful. And this is just the beginning of the trans agenda. If you actually look at what's coming next down the line, it's even more terrifying. So we're going to talk about that right now. Let's get to it. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So 
after I had this confrontation with a local school board member who probably is going to win a seat on the school board who was going to propagate the transgender ideology in my town's schools. I mean, she actually called schools. She said, I want schools to be a, quote, safe space for transgender kids, which is terrifying. That's a euphemism for saying that you don't want parents to know if their kids are being transed. It's awful. It's every parent's worst nightmare here. But this is not even the ultimate goal. This is not, this is not the end of the transgender ideology. This is not the end of what candidates like this woman want to happen to our society. I wanna show you a tweet from a person, well, their username is Ironman92Kona. And while this person may not be famous, they articulated what's coming next. This is what the tweet says. All children should get puberty blockers until they are old enough to decide for themselves. I saw this tweet today and it really struck a nerve with me because I thought, you know what? Based on two different things, based on this false narrative that puberty-blocking pharmaceuticals are safe and reversible and have no adverse effects, this, it's an utter lie, by the way, but it's the, it's the lie that's being propagated by the left. You combine that with what this school board candidate said when I pointed to my two-year-old daughter. I mean, she had pigtails and bows in her hair. She was wearing a little dress. And she essentially said like, yeah, you should, if, if she wants to be a boy, then she can be a boy and she should be taught that she can. When you combine these two things, you realize that the next step in the transgender ideology, what is going to be targeted at our kids next is going to be this exact narrative in this tweet. It's going to be that, well, we shouldn't make assumptions about a child's so-called gender identity when they're born and when we're raising them. We should raise every child as being gender neutral until the point that we can groom them into the ideal or into the gender identity that suits our political agenda. They're actually going to advocate for puberty blockers even when kids have not displayed any kind of gender disorder. This is what's coming next. This is what's going to be targeted at our children. And I know it sounds hyperbolic. I know it sounds fantastical. But think about five years ago or six years ago. Wouldn't you have thought that what's being taught to our kids in classrooms today, that boys can be girls and girls can be boys? Wouldn't you have thought that that was hyperbolic? Wouldn't you have said, oh, yeah, right, Liz. Yeah, right, Liz. In fact, I know that a lot of people would say that because six or seven years ago, I did a piece on the slippery slope of transgenderism, that if we indulge the idea that men can be women because they identify as women and women can be men because they identify as men, then where is, what's the limiting principle on that? Where does that end? What, what identification or identity can we reject if we've decided that gender and sex is based only on how one feels instead of the biological reality of our DNA and our bodies? And that video at the time, didn't get a lot of traction because people were like, I don't know, Liz, that sounds a little extreme. I don't, I don't think you're quite right on that. And it's only this year that that video has gone viral. Millions and millions of views on TikTok of all places because people are like, oh yeah, where does that end? Where does that end? Are we going to be able to reject grown men who identify as kindergartners if we've accepted that grown men can be women just because they identify as women? Mark my words, what's coming next is the left is going to tell us that we are required to raise our children gender neutral, even to the point of giving them puberty blockers. Another prediction that's come true is we said all along that the transgender ideology is an assault on women. We see this most specifically with the sports arena. We see, no pun intended, we see this most specifically with biological males coming in and decimating women's sports. Biological males like Leah Thomas, who claimed to be a woman and then just beat actual girls 
win all the trophies, even though he's obviously a biological male and these girls don't stand a chance competing against them. Well, John Ho- Johns, Hopskin, Johns Hopkins University, of all places, finally announced that, yep, they are actually erasing women. So in John Johns Hopkins University's Diversity and Inclusion, Gender and Sexuality Resources, their LGBTQ glossary, this is what they say when they're defining lesbian as a sexual orientation. They say, a non-man attracted to non-men. Then they say, while past definitions refer to lesbian as a woman who was emotionally, romantically, and or sexually attracted to other women, this updated definition includes non-binary people who may also identify with the label. So let me just summarize this. Johns Hopkins University has erased women. Johns Hopkins University, in the name of the transgender ideology, in the name of inclusivity for non-binary people, actually erased women. It's not just an additional an additional identity that we're supposed to tolerate and accept. They've erased women, supplanted women with their ideology. We said that this would happen. They denied that this would happen, and now it's happening. And now it's happening. They've erased women. And of course, Republicans who are in positions of power don't like to speak up on these topics. In fact, the man who has an incredible amount of control of Fox News, a lot of people don't realize this, but Paul Ryan, yes, former Congressman Paul Ryan, who was also former vice presidential running mate to Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan is a board member of Fox News. He exerts incredible influence over the um, content of Fox News Channel. Paul Ryan dismisses fighting the culture war. He just dismisses it. He says, no, no, I don't, I, I'm not a culture war guy. It's just, it's too polarizing. Take a listen to this. Can I get your thoughts on that movement just quickly? I know we have to go, but Republican lawmakers around the country are pushing legislation when it comes to banning books. Um, it could be trans rights, call it anti-woke, or however you want to label it. Is that a good approach, a good strategy? You're a football fan. Is that the way you should approach <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a culture war guy. Uh, I think it's really polarizing. Look, I, on some of these issues, I'll side uh, you know, with the anti-woke crowd, but to me, I'm worried about a debt crisis. I'm worried about you know, the future of our country and, and China. There are big policy problems that we need to tackle if we want to have a great 21st century for this country. Um, my work at AEI Notre Dame and my Poverty Foundation is all about poverty and upward mobility. You know, what I worry about are the big policy challenges that are going unresolved or made worse by Joe Biden. So that's why I want to win this election so we can actually fix these big policy problems. Cultural war politics is good primary election politics. It's very divisive, but it's effective politics. It's effective politics. I'll grant you that. But for me, I'm an old Jack Kemp guy. I believe in inclusive, aspirational politics solve problems we got we got huge problems yeah, yeah. So, so we what got a debt saying, crisis coming saying, we got to get on top of that no, neither biden or trump are good on this issue so this, both of these people yeah. with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that is why Fox News highlighted a man and a woman who transed their child. That is why Fox News, when you read an article about a transgender person like Dylan Mulvaney, for example, Fox News uses the neo-Marxist, quote unquote, preferred pronouns of that transgender person. That is why Fox News doesn't allow any dissent of the transgender ideology to hit their airwaves because Paul Ryan isn't a culture war guy. He has more important things to think about than children's bodies being mutilated by neo-Marxist ideology. He has more important things to worry about than children being sexualized by queer theory. He has more important things to worry about than transgender strippers gyrating in thongs in front of, in front of young children. He has more important things to, to worry about than parents, a parent's rights coming under assault, schools transing kids after grooming them and hiding it from parents. He has more important things to worry about. You know, his, his poverty foundation and the debt, far more important than these piddly, these piddly primary issues. Paul Ryan? is the reason why the Republican Party has not fought back effectively against the neo-Marxism that is encroaching on our culture. It's the reason our children are vulnerable to being preyed upon by people who would hurt them. People who tell them they're racist if they're white and oppressed if they're black. People who tell them that a little girl, you can be a boy if you wanna be a boy. And a little boy, you can be a girl if you wanna be a girl. All you have to do is mutilate your body, reject your identity and your parents and pledge fealty to our political ideology. That is why we are losing, because of people like Paul Ryan. That's exactly why Fox News has turned into what Fox News is today, which is almost unrecognizable from the institution that we have all known and loved and relied on for the past several decades. Okay, so once in a while, there are topics that we talk about in the show that I re get really annoyed that I have to talk about. I don't like to talk about it. I get annoyed that sometimes it's driven by what the left is talking about. Sometimes it's idiot Republicans that force us to talk about things. And this is a topic that I feel pretty annoyed that we have to talk about today. I don't wanna talk about this. We already talked about this, actually. The left is trying to get us to talk about this as much as possible because they think it will change our minds and turn us against Trump. But President Trump was arraigned yesterday in Miami, Florida, because special counsel Jack Smith indicted him on 37 felony charges. Now Trump pled not guilty to all 37 of these felony charges. And we did an entire episode on Monday, which I highly recommend that you listen to. It starts about halfway through the episode. I analyze the legal argument, or I should say the massive legal flaw inherent to Jack Smith's indictment. In fact, this legal flaw just decimates the indictment. President Trump should be able to get out of this indictment on a technicality. If you haven't already listened to that episode, I highly recommend that you go do so. I mean, the indictment itself is, again, a little trigger warning for my audio engineer. It's complete bull****. It's political targeting. Jack Smith wants us to pay attention to his prosecution so that we're not paying attention to someone whose name starts with Joe and ends with Biden. Um, and this, this, this person whose name starts with Joe and ends with Biden has been recently discovered to have audio recordings um, in which he's discussing a bribe paid to him as vice president by a foreign nation. Oh, we're gonna talk about that in just a minute. However, the one interesting part, the reason that I'm bringing up the Trump indictment today is because there is actually one thing that I found very interesting. 
perhaps you will find this interesting as well. I found it interesting to listen to the responses of each of the other Republican primary candidates to Trump's indictment. It's very telling, actually. It tells us much of what we need to know about the character of each of these candidates. So um, let me share this with you. Chris Christie said about Trump's indictment, quote, it's a very tight, very evidence-laden indictment. The conduct in there is awful. Christie then said, did someone remind Trump that he's not the president anymore? You don't need these things anymore. This is vanity run amok, run amok, ego run amok. So essentially he's falling for the Jack Smith indictment, which tells you all you need to know about Chris Christie. Then we go to Tim Scott. Tim Scott says this indictment is a quote, serious case with serious allegations. He would not commit to pardoning Trump if he becomes president. He said he didn't want to speculate on a hypothetical question. To Scott's credit, he did say, he did call out the double standard here of Jack Smith and the Department of Justice trying to prosecute Trump without prosecuting Hillary Clinton or Biden or Pence or anybody else, just Donald Trump. But still, he refused to say that he would pardon Trump. Nikki Haley said, quote, if this indictment is true, if what it says is actually the case, President Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security. Yes, if, if, if. Why would you give the benefit of the doubt to the Department of Justice? If you believe even a shred of what's coming out of the Department of Justice, then I regret to inform you, you're not qualified to be president of the United States. Nikki Haley then said, more than that, I'm a military spouse. My husband's about to deploy this weekend. This puts all of our military men and women in danger. Oh, so she's calling Trump a murderer. Like I said, these very short sentences, how these candidates are responding, are incredibly illustrative um, when it comes to their character and whether they're fit for office. Vivek Ramaswamy said, my campaign just filed a Freedom of Information Act demand to uncover exactly what the White House communicated to Merrick Garland and Jack Smith about the unprecedented indictment of a former US president and Biden's disfavored opponent in this election. Every American deserves to know. If the captured media fails to do its job, real leaders in this country need to step up and do it instead. He said, reading that indictment and looking at the selective omissions of both facts and law, I'm even more convinced that a pardon is the right answer here. That's a good answer. That's a decent answer. I have plenty of criticisms with Vivek on many other topics, but on this topic, that's a solid answer. Then we have Vice President Mike Pence, who repeated the narrative from the left, no one is above the law. Well, Vice President Pence, if no one is above the law, then how come Hillary's above the law? How come you're above the law? How come Joe Biden is above the law? It's funny that the only one not above the law is Donald Trump in this particular case. He said, we also need to hear the former president's defense. I'm pretty sure we have. I'm pretty sure it's solid. He said, then each of us can make our own judgment on whether this is the latest example of a justice department working an injustice or otherwise. You don't already know that, Mr. Vice President? If you don't already know that, then there's no help for you. And then of course we have DeSantis. DeSantis said, the weaponization of federal law enforcement represents a mortal threat to a free society. We have for years witnessed an uneven application of the law depending upon political affiliation. Why so zealous in pursuing Trump yet so passive about Hillary or Hunter? The DeSantis administration will bring accountability to the Department of Justice, excise political bias and end weaponization once and for all. And then DeSantis released a plan of exactly how he's going to dismantle and reorganize the Department of Justice and the FBI and all of these corrupt administrative agencies. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, UVerse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Pretty, pretty good stuff, right? To hear how each of these candidates respond. I think of these candidates, only two of them proved through their responses that they're qualified or that they could possibly earn my vote for the White House, and that would be Vivek and DeSantis. Now, who will end up voting for? That remains to be seen, but the rest of them disqualified themselves. I don't care if this is harsh, by the way. I know a lot of people watching are gonna be like, well, that's a little harsh. What if they become the candidate? Listen, I view this primary like Bud's training. You know, the training that you go through for Navy SEALs. I am going to throw everything at these candidates to make sure that they are qualified. I'm trying to fail these candidates. That's what I'm doing here. Because the one that survives when I'm trying to fail them is the one that's going to be able to survive against the radical left. So I invite you to join me. Okay, now, of course, let's talk about what the left doesn't want us to talk about. Let's talk about these incredible audio tapes. This is actually the most banana story that, I mean, it's hard to even say that in this day and age, right? I feel like there's the most banana story every week. But audio tapes of Joe Biden talking to the Ukrainians about a bribe that he was involved in, a bribery scheme while he was vice president. Imagine if the American people knew about this in time to cast their votes. It's almost like a repeat of what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election, except this time, big tech. Are they going to censor it? Or are we going to be able to hear the truth? Well, one of the videos is already out. Senator Chuck Grassley, 89 years old, this man is. Sometimes it's hard to believe until you hear, by the way, how slowly he talks. And then you realize, yep, he's 89. That's correct. Chuck Grassley unveiled an absolutely bombshell FBI document that FBI Director Chris Wray tried to hide, not just from us, which is bad enough, but hide from Congress, who has a constitutional authority to oversee the executive branch. Chris Ray tried to hide this from Grassley. Grassley finally got his hands on it. And I will let Grassley explain this for himself. Take a listen to this. Let me assist for the purposes of more transparency on this subject. The 1023 produced to the House Committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. 
The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burisma employing Hunter Biden. Based on the facts known to the Congress and the public, it's clear that the Justice Department, the FBI, haven't nearly had the same laser focus on the Biden family. Special Counsel Jack Smith has used a recording against former President Trump. Well, what is U.S. Attorney Weiss doing with respect to these alleged Joe and Hunter Biden recordings that are apparently relevant to the high-stakes bribery scheme? My favorite phrase from that entire speech, that entire Senate floor speech, is when Grassley says he kept, the foreign national kept these recordings as a little insurance policy in case he got into a tight spot. Yes, that's what's known as an extortion scheme. And one enters into an extortion scheme or tries to propagate an extortion scheme if one has convinced someone else to do something wrong. It only works, in fact, if you've convinced someone to do something wrong. In this case, if the Ukrainian has convinced Joe Biden when he was vice president and Hunter Biden, the vice president's son, to do something not only wrong, but probably illegal and certainly something that would disqualify Joe Biden from office. So uh, uh, an FD-1023, this is a document that comes from um, the FBI. And it's, it's essentially where you take notes on or document um, witness testimony, right? So there is a witness who testified that this Ukrainian foreign national had these recordings, 15 of Hunter Biden and two of Joe Biden. Get this. Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, this is one of Trump's worst personnel choices, redacted the part of this 1023, this document, this, this form, this FBI form, that said that these audio recordings exist. Chris Wray tried to hide this from the United States Congress and from the American people. Even though this form shows that the current president of the United States is a compromised individual. A compromised individual. So this let's just step back here for a second and look at the enormity of what this is. And by the way, give me one good reason why Joe Biden shouldn't be impeached here. One good reason why Joe Biden shouldn't be impeached. So if we go back to right before 2020, when the Hunter Biden laptop story was broken by the New York Post and the New York Post link was then designated by the federal government, we assume, and of course by big tech who are controlled by the federal government as a link that cannot be shared. It was designated as misinformation, disinformation. It was roundly condemned by that letter of over 50 former intelligence uh, officials saying that it looked like Russian disinformation. It was censored so that the American people couldn't read the truth about what was on Hunter Biden's laptop, couldn't read that email where Hunter Biden said that he'd hold the money for the so-called big guy, his dad, Joe Biden, the sitting vice president who was running, sitting vice president when the email was sent, who was at the time that the laptop surfaced, running for president of the United States. 17% of the American people, I'm sorry, 17% of Democrats who voted for Biden said that had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop story, they would have reconsidered casting their vote for Joe Biden. Perhaps they wouldn't have voted for him had they known the level of his corruption. That's a pretty significant number. It's clearly a game-changing number a number that would have impacted the outcome of the election. So Facebook and Twitter, pre-Elon pre Musk Twitter, Facebook under Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter under Jack Dorsey 
censored this New York Post link. We weren't even allowed to send it in DM. I couldn't DM it to a friend. A friend couldn't DM it to me. We couldn't even pass this around privately, let alone post it publicly. But if the American people had known about this, it would have changed the outcome of the election. So this is how, if I'm any of these Republican candidates, this is how I run against Joe Biden. I first remind people of what happened in 2020. I remind people that a portion of Democrats, a solid portion of Democrats, would have changed their vote away from Joe Biden had they realized the extent of the corruption. And I say, listen, now there's proof that this was even worse than we thought. That when Joe Biden, a long time ago, threatened to withhold US aid to Ukraine on the basis of the Ukrainian investigation into Burisma, it wasn't just about protecting his corrupt son. In fact, Watch this video. This video is from a couple years ago when Joe Biden was vice president. This is when he threatens the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, threatens the Ukrainians to fire him and to stop investigating Burisma. We all at the time thought it was just because Hunter was profiting a little bit. But now watch this. Watch it. Our team, our brothers, too, convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired. Well, son of a gun, you got fired. Would you look at that? We look, I, I, I see this video and I just look at it a little bit different. I see it just in a little bit different context now, in a little bit different light. Suddenly, it's not just, as I assumed when this first surfaced a couple years ago, I assumed, you know, he's just protecting Hunter, his corrupt son, because Hunter was part of Burisma and he wanted Hunter to continue to profit. He didn't want to bring that scandal into the light. So he leveraged his position as vice president to threaten the Ukrainians just to protect his son, which is bad enough. It's a disqualifying offense enough. But now that looks like nothing compared to what this video shows us now. What this video shows us now is this scheme where this Ukrainian oligarch, Mykola Zlachevsky, Mykola Zlachevsky, gave the Biden family between five and $10 million in exchange for the cover of the United States government. Joe Biden was selling the influence of the United States government and he had to do this. This wasn't just his choice to abuse his office to protect his son. Now he was the one who was being extorted by the Ukrainian oligarch because if he didn't do this, if he didn't threaten to withhold aid, if the Ukrainian government didn't stop investigating Burisma, then maybe this Ukrainian oligarch would expose Joe Biden as being as compromised as Joe Biden is. Joe Biden, who is now recorded two separate times on a phone call talking about this with the Ukrainian oligarch that paid him off. Give me one good reason why Joe Biden shouldn't be impeached right now. Give me one good reason why Joe Biden shouldn't be disqualified from office, even if you're a Democrat. Give me one good reason why that 17% of Democrats who said that, you know, 
had they known about Hunter Biden's laptop and the corruption in the Biden family, they wouldn't have voted for him. Give me one good reason why those people should vote for him. Give me one good reason why the United States Congress shouldn't start hearings about this, impeachment hearings today. It's comical to see the news coverage about Donald Trump's indictment and his arraignment. Will he be fingerprinted? Oh, digital fingerprinted. Will he have a mugshot? Doesn't need a mugshot. Will he face pre-trial detention? Well, he's not a flight risk. He's protected by the Secret Service. That stuff is nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's not even worth talking about. It's why I was so annoyed that we even had to discuss it today. It's why every single one of these Republican candidates who was like, oh, it's a pretty serious allegation. We got to analyze for ourselves and use our judgment about whether this is the Department of Justice being weaponized. You're darn right it's the Department of Justice being weaponized. Why don't you care about this? Why don't you care about some of the most egregious corruption that we have ever seen in the Oval Office? This is a danger to our country. It's a danger to our national security. If Joe Biden is compromised like this, who else has compromised him? What other money has he taken? Who else is he covering for? We talked about Hillary Clinton during the 2015, 2016 election cycle being compromised by quid pro quo, how she had accepted money as donations to the Clinton Foundation in exchange for access, a pay to play scheme. This is the same thing, except Hillary Clinton will never be president of the United States. It still brings me great joy to say that. And Joe Biden is not only the sitting president of the United States, he's trying to secure another term. He's trying to be in the Oval Office for an additional four years. And Republicans don't care. Republicans in Congress won't hold hearings. This is uh, 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 too controversial of a topic to talk about. But the Trump indictment, oh, all the media. Did you know there were more media outside the Trump indictment than there were protesters and counter-protesters? The media was licking their chops to talk about the Trump indictment. They don't want to talk about the Burisma corruption, the bribery scheme, the five to $10 million paid to the Biden family, the audio recordings of phone calls between Hunter and the Ukrainian oligarch and Joe and the Ukrainian oligarch that prove that they were involved in a pay to play quid pro quo scheme when Joe was vice president. It kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it, about all the money that Joe Biden is sending to Ukraine, to Zelensky right now? Don't you wonder if he's doing this because he thinks that he should send this money because he actually believes in this so-called cause or because he's compromised and he has to, because they're holding something over his head. Maybe they're threatening him. Maybe five to $10 million is only scratching the surface. We don't know. The people with the investigative powers have neglected to exercise those investigative powers. The people with that oversight capacity have willfully declined to exercise that oversight capacity. And so our Resources in the United States are being drained. Our money is being spent. Our our dollar is being devalued. We are facing inflation. Groceries and gas prices are exorbitant. And we are the ones that are suffering because Joe Biden is printing and spending money, giving it to Ukraine to fight this proxy war against Russia. Because why? Because he thinks that it's the right thing to do or because he's compromised by his son and the former, and and the business dealings that he was a part of when he was the sitting vice president of the United States. Give me one good reason why this man shouldn't be impeached right this minute. I don't toss around the word impeachment lightly. I don't think that we should impeach just to be vindictive. 
I don't think we should impeach Biden just because they unfairly impeached Trump. I think it, it's, a, it's a serious constitutional remedy when a president of the United States has committed an act so egregious that he has defied the will of the people who voted him into office. And the will of that people, the voice of the voters, should be respected to just the highest level. Congressional representatives should be very, very cautious before they subvert the will of the people. So when I say the word impeachment, I don't take this lightly. But give me one good reason why Joe Biden doesn't deserve to be impeached today. You can't. Because we all know that he deserves to be impeached. The Republican Party has a way, has a narrative that they can use to defeat Joe Biden in 2024 if they're willing to do it. But whether or not they're willing remains to be seen. Guys, we launched our email newsletter almost a month ago. Um, for you locals, VIPs, we launched it just a little bit, a little bit um, longer ago, about a month and a half to two months before that. And I am so delighted by everybody's participation. I'm so delighted by everyone who has signed up for this. The purpose of this email newsletter is twofold. The first, the first purpose of this is because we face a lot of censorship on big tech platforms, and that's one of the primary ways that we connect. So there's a, there's a, a conundrum there. Right? So for example, on YouTube, there's 350,000 of you who have clicked the subscribe button on YouTube. And yet we are in this tenuous position on YouTube where we don't know if we're going to be kicked off of the platform at any given day. And that would render us out of communication with you. So for, for that reason, we ask you and invite you to sign up for this newsletter. So if and when that happens, which it probably will happen at some point, it's more of a matter of when than a matter of if, that we are still in communication. I know you want to be, I want to be in communication with you. You want to be in communication with me. That's why you subscribed. So I ask you to sign up for this newsletter at lizwheeler.com slash email, lizwheeler.com slash email. It's not just a protection to hedge our bets against censorship though. It's also because this is something that's been in the work for a long time. My team's worked so hard on this for the past six, nine months. It's also a way of giving you the information that you need so that you can be deputized to fight these fights in your own neighborhood, at, at the, outside the polling place of your own school board election, in your child's elementary school, if necessary, in your workplace, so that you have the research that I use on the show, uh, notes from each episode, studies and polls, and all kinds of information at your fingertips, so that you can say, wait a second, I know that I heard this somewhere, let me go to this email, let me read this, I've got it right here, and now I know how to fight the fight. So it's a twofold effort. Um, both to hedge against censorship so we can stay in touch and also to give you what you need to fight back because we're building this whole show, everything that we're doing here, we're, we're building together. So go to lizwheeler.com slash email, drop me your email, uh, lizwheeler.com slash email. I really appreciate everybody who has already signed up. And if you haven't, please go ahead and do so. lizwheeler.com slash email. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.